Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Cotpost. Hello and welcome to this week's World Over Podcast, the end of every podcast. It gives you news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we're at Mall Over Podcast, Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and you can find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, lots of other podcatchers, but also, as you've already heard, the Sports Social Network. Uh, I'm joined this week by the nicest man in Cornish Rugby Podcast in Ben Eustace. How you doing, Ben? Good, thanks, mate. Not got my Dolphins hat on this week. Um, obviously not. Tua, is uh, is he still alive? Yeah. I mean, let's not get into concussions, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a slippery slope. Are you going to go on the long snapper and talk about concussions now? No, I'm not. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, I'm not interested. They can all, like, they could have put him back in the game for all I care. Um, <laughs> and it's a welcome return. First one of the season. Uh to the housewife's favourite. Welcome back, Phil. Thank you. Head yeah, coach. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, um, life's just got kind of busy. Um, I don't know what I was thinking with two kids who do clubs pretty much every day of the week deciding to take on head coach and role at Newquay Hornets. But um, yeah, I'll make it work somehow. I'm sure you will. And I must admit, I've enjoyed training the past few weeks and I'm, I'm going to continue to train. Even not playing, you know, like when when there's loads of people available, I'll just train and be a tackle bag or something, and just. And you know what? I think that's I think that's a point that's missing a bit at grassroots rugby is is people who've done it, been there, got the t shirt, and then don't really want to play games anymore, but can add a degree of experience to to training sessions and also add some numbers. Um, yeah. It's much easier running a drill with twenty five players than it is running one with fifteen. So yeah, thanks for that, Russ. And uh, that's, that's my that's my plea to everybody who's listening who might not have played rugby for a while to just stick on a pair of boots and go down and yeah, just, just go training. Just start yeah. start by yeah. going training. How does and that then... sound to you, Ben? Ben hasn't been training for about thirty five years. I was going to say I was very lucky. 
reluctant to train when I was actually playing, so it's going to be a stretch now. It's probably more fun when you're not playing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It is funny because I found training a lot more enjoyable when there's no pressure to kind of play. It's it's quite odd, and I know that there's a few more people that were were training last week than the week before. And I, you know, we've we've spoken about it with Doug on here, and then this week I know there's a few more people coming to training that probably haven't been before. There's a couple of dads from the under from the under eights, which I coach, are on about coming up to train in just to get back in, just to throw a ball around and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's got to be good for the club, right? And there's no better thing than to get the thing buzzing than than beating top of the league and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I know you've spoke about it before. We've had a fairly rough start to the season. We've had to to um, offer friendlies for a couple of games because we've been short of a of a full 15 or um, an in particular short front row. Um, and then the two games previously that we had played, we were the better side really and just um, couldn't put it away. Like Our defence is excellent, absolutely phenomenal. Conceded very few points all season. We just haven't been able to cross that whitewash. So it was it was good to turn that around against uh, Red Roof Seconds at the weekend and and uh, get the W. And yeah, season starts from here. Oh, hopefully it bodes, it bodes well for for the rest of the season for Nuki anyway. And um, you know the the dark times of, of this early stage are behind us. Uh, before we go any further, it would it's only right for me to um, ask after the man child. How how is he getting on? Yeah, he's all right. He's still in a lot of pain. Um, but yeah, the, the story gets fulfilled with more details as time goes on. Oh, so, really? Do you want to explain it, yeah. to the listeners what, what he what he managed to do to himself? Yeah, so he, he was uh, round at a friend's, went round to a friend's after a rugby match. Um, and then the two of them with friend's parents were going to come round for, for dinner. And I was sat at home having cooks going, where are they? They should be here any minute. And then the phone rings. So it turns out he was in his friend's grass buggy, 150cc thing with a roll cage over the top, um, going downhill, down a fairly steep hill, trying to drift uh, and got it a bit wrong. <laughs> um, rolled it, put his arm out at the same time he rolled it and has snapped his humerus. Um, so he's in a in a brace and loaded up on all kinds of meds and uh, taking not, his own body weight and morphine. So it's far. not a bone you see broken very often, is it, the humerus? No, like you see, no. like people scaphoids and radius and ulna and and the bottom part of the arm, and um, you, the, the top part of the arm, the humerus, is a really sort of odd bone to break. Well, you've got your shoulders obviously got a fairly wide range of motion, so it's it's usually yeah. what happens is your shoulder goes gets gets pulled in a direction it shouldn't go, or or you um you might snap your your radius and ulna, but. Uh, from what I can gather, his his arm was pretty well fixed on the ground when the, when the buggy went over the top of it. <laughs> oh well, that'll learn him. Uh, yeah, yeah. He said, "I will go on it again. I just might not go so quick next time." Or drift downhill. Or drift downhill. Yeah. I mean, drifting downhill is a is a stupid idea. But I suppose you live and learn, don't you? You can't. Well, there were three people there. I think he was showing off a little bit. Oh, James. No girls though, which surprises me. Usually he's all for showing off in front of the girls. Bless him. Bless him. Right. Well, no, obviously no rugby for him for a little while then. That's going to be a no, fair, probably, fair old Probably injury. Christmas, to be honest. Yeah. Jeez. 
Was it his bowling arm as well? No, no, no. He'll be fine for the cricket season. <laughs> Excellent. Right, should we get in and, and talk about some rugby? Let's let's just touch on first of all the Friday night match up at up at Kingston Park, uh, Newcastle versus Bristol. Um, I turned this this game on probably after about twenty five minutes, and it's been a long time since I'd seen so many sets of dick fingers <laughs> on one field at any one time. I mean, other than um. Was it Carreras that scored all the trials, all the points? Yes. Much? Yeah. Other than him, I don't think anybody else could catch. Well, what I thought was quite interesting was it was that awful that the commentators were literally creaming themselves off because Carreras caught a ball and making <laughs> out that he was the best player ever. What he did was kind of standard run-of-the-mill wing thing, catch the ball, run over the line, put the ball down. But because he managed to do it when everybody else was dropping it, they were, yeah, beside themselves. I'd, I'd like to point out that we get quite a lot of criticism when Phil's not here for our lack of knowledge of the scrum. And Phil's just come on the podcast and used the phrase run of the mill wing thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's insightful coaching, that is. <laughs> of, all the, of all the stuff we've talked about last week, when we went in depth into scrummaging and what yeah. we should do to 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 change it, and we had um we were we we had an honourable mention on on the egg chases this week. Tim tried to take one of Dougie's ideas around, you know, the resetting of the scrum and and potentially the, the scrum penalties and stuff like that. And uh, JB vehemently opposed any sort of changes, um, being the traditionalist that he is, bless him. But we uh, we we thought we came up with some stuff, Phil around the scrum and uh, our resident scrum expert wasn't even there to, to correct us. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Can we back to the Bristol game? It was yeah. crap, wasn't it? It was flipping awful. I, I made a tongue in cheek, semi tongue in cheek comment when it was mentioned about Bristol signing mailings for next season about salary cap. And then when actually no, cause they've only got, four or five decent players and a load of squad players. And then I looked at their squad and I was, and, and I think that's genuinely true. There is a massive difference between the first, the top 15 that Bristol can put out and the squad players, probably bigger than any other club. And I think they thought, oh, it's Newcastle. We can just take our, our, uh, our squad players up there and yeah, got their pants pulled down quite badly. Agree. Cause the likes of, um, Joyce, Holmes, Lane. I'd never even heard of Richie Lane before before this weekend. Uh, Bates. I can't imagine yeah. Bradbury gets but I was quite impressed by Brad Bradbury. I thought he carried really well and he actually kept them going forward. Um, Bates, Bradbury, Holmes, Joyce, Lane. I can't imagine they pay Purdy massive it, amounts. Even they picked Walmart. him up out of nowhere. Woolmore. Cape on even Jan Thomas. I don't. Well, I don't interestingly, they, they signed Uren to a contract to twenty twenty six, haven't they? Really? So, yeah, and it makes you wonder that are are they are they like pulling out contracts over longer periods and paying them less money? Yeah, which could I be. Don't, a I way don't know to, to to not circumnavigate the salary cap, but if you've got 
let's say you promise to pay someone and, and you know, like in that, where are we now? 2022, 23. If he's being paid till 2026, Andy Uren, if he, is he going to be a, a start in Bristol scrum off in 2026? Four years. You could yeah. argue maybe not. Um, but if they say, just, right, well, we'll pay you, we'll contract you up till then and we'll spread those payments out. Actually, by the time it gets to that fifth year that he might sort of look and potentially go and sign somewhere else. So it might be some clever strategy going on. Yeah. And that, well, and how do they handle things like signing on fees? Can they write those off over the duration of the contract? So you sign them up for a five year contract, give them a massive signing on fee, but there's no expectation that they stay for five years. You know, they're going to be gone by three anyway so just a way of boosting their income without a way of sort of navigating those cap issues i don't know but i mean that there is i don't think bristol have got the squad depth to be doing that where they're putting in i don't know eight nine ten changes from what would be their 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 best 15 what what bristol demonstrated on friday night is that it's likely they're going to be nowhere near the top four come the end of the season correct They've still got that sort of um, Avengers reputation that they had two or three seasons ago when they had all those Saracens players on loan to add to a few expensive signings. So it was kind of gave them the sort of sheen of being the you know the top payers, which perhaps they aren't as much. You know, you 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 had two extra England internationals just sort of grafted onto that squad, and it probably made them look more of a sort of Galactico team than they, they actually are. Well, and also gave more of an impression of depth. When, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. You're, um, Dan Thomas is struggling to get near the side because um, they've got Ben Earl. Yeah. Um, whereas, actually, he is their best seven. And when he's not there, you get Jake Heenan coming in and playing. And uh, this, this is no disrespect to the players that are there. I'm sure they... Um, they try their hardest. They're just not. They're just not of the same quality. Whereas what Newcastle have got is, um, obviously they've added the two Argentines in the middle, uh, or the three Argentines. But they've got a squad that's based around kind of. It's more that we play together as a squad, kind of. We're we're bigger than the sum of our parts attitude, um, and they have their catch and drive game absolutely nailed as well. Yeah, they they are they they have to have that sort of togetherness, don't they? They have they have to have that um, team ethos work ethic because if they don't, then they they haven't got too much else in in regards to individual no. brilliance. Obviously, they were without they were without Ferns on on Friday night. Radwan, I think, was pretty well marshaled because Carreras took home all the headlines. Um, and one of the uh, one of the big. Pluses, I thought for for Newcastle was um, yet again George McGuigan, a hooker. He seems to be fa- having a fantastic season, um, both try scoring, but also hitting his line outs, getting around the park. Um, and now with Wait. Jamie George injured, I think he should be he's probably going to be right up there with. Um, he played the full eighty as well. Which well, he did because Blemeyer, Blemeyer is. Um, is being used as an emergency back rower, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he came on at seven. Who was it? And I need to I need to work this out. There was a, a the funny moment in this game where Kyle Sinclair, who didn't have the best of after uh, evenings, to be fair, he got on side, the wrong side of 
Luke Pierce pretty early. Who, and I thought for a Luke Pierce refereed game, he was quite fussy in general. Um, but Sinclair got on the wrong side of him earlier. But you heard him heard Sinclair over the mic say something to one of the Newcastle props. He said it was something along the lines of he was giving him a bit of a hard time, and Carl Sinclair just around to him and went, I, "I don't even know who you are, mate." <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, for all of his shithousery, that was quite funny. Um, okay, let's let's move on from uh from Newcastle, uh Bristol. Um a much needed home victory for, for Newcastle, uh, their first of the season. So so that will that will put them up the uh at the table somewhat. A team another team without a win this season, Ben. Uh a bath. Um, they lost 47-38 away at um, London Irish. And I know, Phil, we're going to come on to, to a wider point of this in a minute. Um, Loder and Hassel Collins both getting hat-tricks. Um, Phil, I think you made the point in, in the wider group about it doesn't seem to matter who Bath sign or who co- coaches Bath. They st- still seem to not really go anywhere and they still appear to be quite shit. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the players that they've had coming through, there's no way in the world they should be as bad as they are. And the last couple of years, I've put it down to, to kind of a bit of a, a, a weak underbelly, a bit of a weak desire to, to crack on and, and just do the donkey work. But I think as potentially something a bit more systemic than that, because they've changed they they brought Hatley in and now they've brought um oh what's his face South African chap in and and nothing seems to change so I don't know if there's a is there an inherent player power issue there that the coaches can't get on top of or is there I don't know there's something there just seems to be something systemically wrong you, with the club do you not um, think it's a little bit to do with uh, being being the top dogs in the town like. Bristol, They're the only dogs in the town. Exactly, it's, like Bri- it's Bath. Bristol. Any other dogs get shot or taken to the pound. But 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 what I mean is Bristol. You got Bristol City. Uh, if you if you play for, um, you know any of the London teams, you've got all the London football clubs. Sale is in Manchester, whereas in Bath there is only rugby, um, and th- there isn't really any competition to it. Um, you know, I don't think that really. I don't. I don't think it's a conscious thing, but maybe that just um, sort of subconsciously at the back of their head, they they perhaps have a little bit more um, high regard that, for themselves than maybe some of the other teams do. Where you know, if they do walk into a pub or a nightclub, then perhaps in other cities, people might be a bit more. Eh, who's that oh, yeah. big guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. Unless you're Marlon Yard. Yeah. He walks into a nightclub, people know. Yeah, everyone gets out of the way. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know, I don't want to say that they're like strutting around the place, like, you know, well, like Danny Cipriani. Right, but, right, um, George Best. Yeah. But I I just wonder if sort of, you know, just subconsciously, if everyone is always going, oh, look, there's such and such. And, you know, maybe that they, is... They um, believe their own hype. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know. Obviously, you go back to the the Ollie Barkley bath. Um and they kind of delivered on it, but they haven't mm. delivered for for so flipping long that 
surely at some point you stop believing your own hype when you're finishing bottom of the table. Yeah, and I mean, at one stage, you know, they were dominant, weren't they? You know, if we go back far enough. But yeah, but then that's not is that is that the players that that are there now? That exactly. Well, no, it's most of their sons, I, isn't it? Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> obviously, there's there are some players, and maybe there is a bit of that. Maybe there there are maybe a Tom de Glanvilles who come through going. Do you know who I am? My family's a big big deal around here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to pick a player out because no, no, no. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the first one who came to mind. Yeah, that I mean, de, de Glanville's probably. Almost a shining light well, there, isn't it? Actually, I think he plays well most weeks I, when he's fit, but he's I'm injured gonna, at the moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna surmise that the those boys probably aren't the issue because the Jomo and um the Glanville are, have been excellent when I've seen yeah. them for Bath usually. I think it's the likes potentially the the likes of Joseph um Tom who, Dunn. Yeah, well Tom Dunn's or like he drives that team forward. I, I, I can't, it, I can't he, accept that for Tom Dunn. I think he, he does. And then some games he just disappears out of it or he goes too far the other way and just becomes a bit reckless. Um, it's just, all... I mean, it, 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 we've said it so many times, but it's, it's constant injuries as well. And I know every, every club gets injuries, but you've got your captain your new captain, well, he's he's been injured pretty much since he became captain, um, Spencer. Uh, we just mentioned the Glanville, well, he's injured. Redpath's injured. Um, Underhill. Underhill, yeah. Crater. So. De Carpentier. Uh, Wilmier's out for the season now, so, you know. That's a big blow. Yeah, Charlie, I mean. Charlie Yules. You could probably pick a pretty decent 15 out of injured players or, you know, yeah. and if you, if you I, add I in empathize with that. And, yeah, exactly. Um, and if you add in players that have, you know, recently left, then you're probably getting to get a 15. That's going to completely batter this one. Well, um, but there does appear to be some, some cavalry coming over the horizon, well, which from, has been confirmed from the, other bottom dwelling yeah. team of the Premiership. Yeah, but at year. least, you, at least you, at least it looks like you're getting the best pick, players, almost the pick yeah. of the bunch. Yeah. I mean, to get Ted Hill and, and Ollie Lawrence, I think is is a great bit of business. Yeah, and and you think like if you're able to keep hold of those players, you know, past the duration of whatever the duration of the loan is, then that'd be a great bit of business. I mean, Morozov's a decent prop as well, um, and you know, Lawrence. Yeah, we were talking about him as as the next two Alagi not too long ago. I don't think we were, but some people were. Yeah. And um, Ted Hill, like, I mean, he's dropped off the international radar a little bit, but he's he's a real good sort of English type of six, isn't he? So, um, he's been out injured. But is that is is yeah. that de- is that depth op? You know, the, that depth option when you've got lots of injuries to have, you know, you've to have. Joseph and Lawrence to play 13, to have Lawrence that could play 12 with Joseph at 13, to have like another prop. You've got Stuart Morozov, you know. If the answer was to go back to basics, then they're perfect signings because it's a strong carrying 12, a hardworking six and a decent prop. Yeah. Now, if that is still the answer, because London Irish just whack past seven tries, you know, 
and Bath scored six and lost. So is is the basics still the answer? Hopefully, well, but yeah, <laughs> basic. But it's not just. Let, let's let's say it's not just Bath that are, that are struggling with the with the basic concept of defending. You know, we've only got to go back the week before for the 41-40 or whatever it was, Exeter versus Harlequins. Mm. Every game, the the Leicester um um Northampton game that weekend, points everywhere. London Irish every time London Irish play, they score they seem to score more than 30 points. Saracens put 50 on on Leicester on on Saturday. So, yeah. You know, Sunday I didn't watch any of the games Sunday, but I listened to a bit on the radio. They were, that was 35-29, and Northampton, by all accounts, should be out of sight the amount of opportunities they, they butchered. So, Phil, you, you wanted to bring this up while we're, we're in the round, Robin, around uh, what is our attack? Our attacks generally better, or is it defences that are worse? Yeah, so, and I, I put this out in the group because I think it's it, there's probably, there's definitely a discussion that needs to be had there. Just the number of points being scored is absolutely ridiculous this season. So Saracens, 122 points four in three games. And you go, well, fair enough, that's Saracens, that's what they do. But they've conceded 84. They've conceded nearly 30 points a game, 28 points a game. Um, and before this week, I hadn't watched a huge amount of, of Premiership rugby because I've been generally coaching on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, but I did watch a bit of it this weekend and and then and I was like, well, defences must be getting shit to be conceding that that quantity of points. But the Saracens Leicester game, I think, is a pretty good example of where I think Leicester's defence was probably at 95% efficiency. And when you go back to some of the people talk about oh the one the wonder tries from the 70s and 80s. And when you go back and look at them, the tackling was flipping diabolical. People just walking off tackles, not even running particularly hard, just like the the tackling was shocking. And when you compare it with that, defences are great now. And generally that that Leicester Saracens game as a as an example, the defence was really well organized, but the attack was absolutely clinical from Saracens. Every time they broke or had a half break, they're going down and scoring a try. The catching and driving has has just gone to another level now uh, for for all teams. Um, and so it's because it's it's because it's, it's almost impossible it. to stop. Yeah, if, if it's done as, if it's done correctly and well, as long as it's not like the reason. If you look at what England have done with the catch and drive over the last five years, it's the sum total of fuck all. As long as you're doing something other than catch, bring the ball down, hooker comes in, secures the ball, two in from either side. As long as you're doing something to to change the angles, um, split that defence, splinter the defence, it is pretty much impossible to defend if you get your drills right. And I think it's just a case that actually some of those drills have been absolutely nailed down. Plus, I'm also wondering, and it'd be interesting to know your guys' take on this as, as people who've been in the backs more recently than me, um, it seems to be that, particularly look at the Leicester Sarries game, but also in the Northampton game, Quinns, it, it seems to be whenever the, the ball gets outside that 13 channel, there's a three on one, or, or certainly a two on one, and that leads to a break in a decent, decent distance. It seems that teams are either defending quite narrow 
or is it the the 5022 doing what it was supposed to do and dragging more defenders back so that there's less in that in that primary line so if you fix your men and get wide there's opportunities um and if that is the aim and that if that is part of it it's worked but i'm not sure i like it yeah uh, that was exactly what i was going to say phil with with your verdict at the end as well um i think that has definitely played a big factor in it because as you say whenever it gets wide there is carnage basically um you know if you notice that they quite often will pull the ball back a long way to um a receiver in the midfield who then throws a miss pass um yeah so and that's because there's a lot more space out wide i was just watching some of the saracens highlights and uh the try that daly made was just bad defending like two missed tackles but um the first try they scored Watson was in the line but that was because Burns was back with Stewart covering at the back so that's where the the overlap comes from so so that rule has had its desired effect um but you know it just means that it, it makes making that much ground a lot easier which has the detrimental effect for the viewer i or i think of making it less because it's more unusual more usual it's less exciting um let's be honest none of us particularly enjoy watching basketball yeah exactly i mean a good example would be uh two weeks ago when nadolo was getting the ball with so much space and it was like a cheat code because even if a defender could get across once he got ahead of steam you know he he was going to run over them whereas Back sort of five years ago, perhaps his opposite winger, even if he was half his size, would have been stood in his pocket by the time he got the ball. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I think the the Saracen style of defence that was so successful, I think the way round that was always to get the ball wide. So probably a lot of teams are playing some version of that, but it makes blitzing in the set in the center in in the center channels so dangerous now because if you don't Pick someone and hit them. You, yeah. you, you've left so much space outside you, and I think, you know, the 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 rucks are being really heavily refereed as well. You know, you, you see players now getting pinged straight away if they're not rolling away, so the ball's quicker as well. And yeah. with more penalties, that gives more opportunities to kick the ball into corner. And and as Russ or was it Russ or you just said the the rolling more then comes into place or the mall there's not a lot of rolling anymore but you know um, is there also a point then um talking about the the blitz we've there's been a number of that's tries. not 1942 no either. no true there's been a, a number of tries um i'm thinking harvey skinner scored one there was uh last week there's one at the weekend as well that have come from that blitz and there's been nobody from the attack covering back in defense so if there's an intercept or somebody drops the ball and there's a quick pickup there's literally nobody at home are the attacks committing that fully to getting the ball wide that that there's no there's almost no sweeper there to cover it's, a, well, it's an all or nothing play from both sides well i suppose that it's almost a risk worth taking because if you get your interception wrong you're going to get a yellow card yeah so, but or not? I mean, it's yeah. There's been a couple of pre- pressure on the pass, or uh, yeah. and and Wanyu's try, um, where he got a hand onto 
Freeman as so I don't know what it was, 50 metres from the try line. Freeman's yeah. got two men outside him and only one defender, and he gets a gets a hand on Freeman's arm as he's trying to pass it. The ball drops to the ground. Yeah. One of the Quinns players picks it up quick, pop, try, scored. Done. Yeah, that, that was really impressive, and I thought he, he was excellent. Yeah. Um so so what you yeah, you you what are you saying like that's an opportunity for the defense. Well, to... I'm I'm saying that the the attacker pushing, uh, are committing so hard to getting in those wide channels with two or three players to make a a three on two or a three on one, that that actually if the defense can get that right, there's an opportunity for a breakaway try yeah. there. I think when the when the attack is organised, they're going a long way back to yeah. do it. Um, whereas in that situation, quick um, Saints had got a little bit carried away. Because they conceded an early try and they would they were trying everything, weren't they? Um, and and Quinns took advantage. But yeah, you're right. You know, you've got to just. I suppose the defensive team has just got to cause as much confusion as possible. Can we just talk quickly about Alex Mitchell butchering the try? Because this haunts me. The the <laughs> triple on. dummy broke the line. I can't even remember how it happened, but somebody either he broke the line or somebody else broke the line and passed to him. Um, he's running straight at the 15 with two players to his left. So on the good side to pass to, one player on his right, um, triple pump fake, none of which got bought by the fullback <laughs> and then got creamed in the tackle and then turned over. That that was, right. it was, it was said on commentary, but that was very good play by... Um, Green. Tyrone Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. One for Eddie but, there. One for Eddie, indeed. <laughs> it was it was very good play by Tyrone Green, but there's no way in the world he should be given no. an opportunity to do that. And I think, but, I think that that try that sorry non try uh, illustrates something else as well. In that that came from a break by Hutchinson, I think it was, who then fed um, Mitchell on the inside, and yeah. they're getting the ball out wide, and they're making a break, and then. Because they've missed a couple of players, you've then got players running that inside support line as well. Um, so when the winger does make forty meters, he's then got he's got players on their feet that can, you know, run that sort of scrum half line almost that New Zealand used to be so good at, um, which allows the offload. Oh, so from a defensive perspective, what's the solution then? Is it that you go back to instead of having two in the backfield, you almost go back to one and two halfway back, but then you're leaving yourself exposed to the 50 22. But your wingers have got a chance to get up into the line and be that extra player. Right. First, first of all, we've got to decide whether this is a good thing. Is this a good thing for rugby? Because there's, there's more, everybody wanted more exciting rugby, more tries, which personally I don't see as a good as a positive but it's not like they're all selling out is it in the grounds and what i love about rugby and what we all love about rugby and people will will argue this but is there's there's so many different ways to achieve a result right and defensively like celebrating you mentioned something about about the hornets very early on there phil and something which which I've always been been proud of in in most of the teams that I played in is that defensively you sort of start like champion you start with a solid defense 
yeah. you make yourself really hard to beat and then everything comes from there like your platform and you know the old adage of of championships are won by defense games are won by attack yeah and yeah, think, and and you know, credit to the players at Newquay. I haven't done any work on defence because I look at it and I go, I don't need to. You no, guys know what and, you're doing. But the the, the, <laughs> the praise that like last weekend, um, the BT Sport commentary were were busy praising this new defence coach that Exeter have got. Um, and they were praising him early in the second half, where Exeter were getting torn to shreds and not laying a glove on Harlequins, and it yeah. and it. Four games, you, you, 111 points against. So someone it's, said it early on. You still do get big chunks of games with good defence, but it's a lot easier to pull it apart, you know, with yeah. with smaller opportunities. I mean, um, yeah. No, I, 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 mean, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle either of the teams in the Leicester Saracens game because Saracens' job was not easy. They were just very good at it. Can I can I ask a question um, about Leicester? Well, well, we, you, yeah. you've taken us very nicely back to um, to Leicester Some Saracens, yeah. which, is, which is great, considering we're bouncing around all over the place. But I just wanted to ask, um, Hondry Pollard for Leicester, have they um, have they panic? Is that a panic signing from Leicester? from where George Ford has, has left. Now, I know he's a he's an international 10 with amazing credentials, right? But I've, having watched him a little bit or seen him a little bit for Montpellier, not brilliant. Always very good for South Africa, not great for, for Montpellier. And in the, in the panic of losing George Ford... They've gone and got Pollard, and I feel like it could be very much a, a bit of a square peg in a round hole, considering the way they want to try and play. I think you're probably right. I think they they, they lost Ford, and they went. We need an international class fly half who's available. Um, they they because, do kick a lot. Yeah, yeah, they do kick a lot, and his kicking is very good. Um, they kick a lot from deep, though, don't they? Yes, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think there is a point there that they 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 jumped relatively early, and it's a I don't know. It's big. It's a big name, big name signing. It does he suit the way that they play? Mm, I mean, he's, he's he's not played many I mean, minutes. He's but, not played many minutes yet. He came off the bench on Saturday. No, it's very and then, early, and then himself. got and then got subbed off again. But yeah. actually, if if you look at it, he only played 29 games for Montpellier in three seasons. So he's only playing 10 games a season. And that's and that's the thing, right? So you're bringing in a marquee, a marquee player who's played 10 games a season plus internationals for the last yeah. three or four well, years. And uh, the Bulls, when he was at the Bulls, he was doing about 10 games a season in his six seasons there. He's, yeah, he's not, he's not a regular like they're they're relying on Freddie Burns to do well, and got and Gopeth eleven or twelve games a season, and uh, Gopeth is their absolute last resort at ten, really. I think. Well, yes, um, he but he's been he's been playing there because yeah, Burns, because Burns Pollard, been out and, and Pollard, Pollard wasn't just arrived. Wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, on that Tigers game, uh, what? 
why they didn't try and kick a goal. Um, just not the done thing. You know, t- 10, 15 minutes after half time, they were really on top. And yeah, they scored a try. Um, Stewart scored. Um, and then they just were really on top and went for the corner twice, didn't score either time. One was stolen and, and one was a mess. You know, they just made a mess of it. Um, and then Saracens just went down the other end and scored. And, you know, I, like like you say, Phil, it's not the done thing anymore. But, you know, it, it would have been the right thing to do, just keep the momentum going. They would have only have been six points behind because they had to score twice anyway. So, you know, why not go for the, I was going to say field goal then, but um, go, for the, but go for the penalty. And, you know, and it, it it just showed that Saracen scored a try and then they got a penalty and they kicked it. They kicked the goal and it put them out of sight. And then, you know, they really went out of sight. Um, you know, I, I I was quite impressed with Tizard in that game. I thought he had a good game. And and did you see that take in the line out that McFarlane did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, that's that's cheat code play. Yeah. Single arm well above his hand. Like, I mean, the guy must have hands like sheets of A4 paper. Yeah, it, it was all done with his like, fingertips, wasn't it? It was just, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's absolutely, yeah, just bonkers. But then catches it with one hand and pin perfect pass off the top as well with it. Yeah. yeah. The guy the guy is just, I, I think he has a significant chance to, to get player of the season this year. Um, but equally, like you could go through that Saracen side and say most of them had a good game. Billy did what Billy does as well as Billy mm-hmm. can do. Ben Earl is is a machine. Um, Ominously good from signs from Saracens. Yeah, yeah. I early signs say they are looking far too good for the rest of the teams, but. Yeah, three three games, three three wins, three bonus points, 122 for, 184 against. Sorry, yeah. 122 for, 84 against. But then I look at Bath, bottom of the league, and I feel I feel a bit for Bath. 118 for, 154 against, played for, lost four. Yeah. Um it, they don't know how to win games, do they? The best thing for Bath would have been to have got relegated last season, to have a season in the Championship, get used to winning some games of rugby, um, get used to knowing what that feeling's like and come back a year later much stronger. But, I mean, that is that is also very close to 40 points a game. It's more than 38 points a game that they're conceding. You aren't going to win many games. That, absolutely. No. When you concede that many points a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, at the moment, they're below Worcester, who don't exist anymore. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that in itself is is quite a damning indictment, isn't it? They've, uh, they've got less points to the team that, that technically doesn't exist. And unfortunately for Worcester, they find themselves, I think they're in court tomorrow, facing them, the, the liquidation paperwork and the, and the actual winding up order. So it could well be that it's, it's actually all over Forster tomorrow. Um, right. Any other? Have you got any other rugby news? Any other rugby rugby related business to to chat through? I would go on to Quinns versus Northampton, but I didn't watch it, so I can't really discuss it. 
Um, I know, I know what Doug said about it. Yeah, and, well, and I watched, I watched a little bit whilst doing some work. Um, unfortunately, Ben, Ben, our resident uh, Sunday afternoon rugby fan, sat down to watch it and uh, decided to enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. Not showing not, your age, Ben. I know Absolutely. for sure. Yeah, I think to be honest with that game, you know, we've already probably said the the main talking points from that, which was that abomination by Mitchell and and how well um, the lad at twelve played uh, for, for Quinns. Was it a um, one you again? Was it? Yeah, and one you. You know, we've said before, Northmore's a good player, and and Merley, Merley is just quietly. I say quietly, he's scoring a lot of tries, but you know he doesn't get a lot of fanfare. But he's a great winger. Is is Caden Murley the 2020-2021 Louis Liner, Lewis Liner, or Adam Radwan, or Adam Radwan? Yeah, I mean he could easily be. I think you know England probably of. Um, advertise what they're going to do with their winger positions, which is have a f- basically three fullbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, Freeman, who, uh, you know, impresses every time you see him. You got Stewart, who's sort of, I mean, he did play him on the wing, but he should be at fullback every, every week. And, and then, you know, you've got, um, you know, Arundel or, or Watson. You know, probably are your next two cabs off well, the rank with, Noel, with Noel an option as well. Be, it'd but, probably be Noel. Judging by this, obviously Noel played all the the um, all the summer tests, didn't he? Yeah, but you know those. those Watson wasn't playing in, th- in those five. Could all yeah to a to a degree play fullback at international level. So um, you've also got Malins. Yeah. So I think the, your actual out and out wingers are going to be struggling unless they're built like a second row yeah and, and i think that's why radwan doesn't get the time and equally why Murley won't get the time um and then the other the other big winger who people shout for ollie hassel collins is showing that his defense needs a lot of work before he gets anywhere near it um but i think you're right he wants he wants three fullbacks in there i mean personally i'd i'd uh give up on Watson because the chances of I agree lasting anywhere near long enough just I I think we've got so many people there now Phil we've got so many excellent players yeah Anthony Watson was a superb rugby player he might still he might well still be right but over the last two years we haven't seen it because he's always been injured Whereas, and you can say the same. You can say the same about Tuolangi. The difference with Tuolangi is there's nobody else. We haven't got an embarrassment riches at thirteen or twelve. Yeah. No. I now, mean, I I personally with Watson, I think he's got so much talent that you know he's worth persevering with. I mean, if you were to pick an England team tomorrow, then no. But if he's still playing well in February, then I I wouldn't. I have think any he needs he needs in. to have he needs to have consistent games for Leicester. He needs to play for Leicester regularly between he, now and Christmas. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. fit and and excel. And I think he actually needs to to show what he what he has got left because the likes of Arundel. Now I see you know, we talked about Max Malins for ages almost being the ultimate twenty three who could play on the wing, play at fullback. 
uh, put on the 10 shirt if absolutely desperate. Um, I see, you know, depending on who you pick it, uh, 10 and 12, um, Arundel could be the absolute, it could be an absolute game changer at 13, um, at 23, just because every time, every time he comes off the bench, he does something absolutely magical. He terrifies defenders with his pace. He's got yeah. amazing footwork. I'm not saying he shouldn't shouldn't start, but you know, if you've got a sort of weapon like that in your in your arsenal to bring off the bench, it, it's always going to be lurking there in the background of a defense's mind. So all, all of the work they're putting in, they're going, oh shit, you know, we, we've got to face a, a rundle in a minute. I think with him, it's, and I'm not saying he's the same kind, he's the same player at all, and he's not. It, it's almost a bit of a debate, like. Like with, when Jason Robinson first arrived, and we didn't quite know what we had on our hands. Yeah. And I think originally with Jason Robinson, it was like, oh yeah, bring him on for twenty minutes at the end, and he could make a difference. But actually, when he started coming on for twenty minutes, it was like, well, actually, we'd be better off having this guy in the in the side from the start. And you know, I think Arundel is obviously all potential at the moment, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's in the same class as Jason Robinson, but it, that it's going to be the same question at the end of the day, isn't it? It's going to be like well, what's the point of not having him in the team if he's going to do this every time he comes on for 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Can oh, I, I think uh, it's just easing him uh, in, isn't it? And I'm going to say something slightly controversial now. Um, I don't think Marcus Smith should be playing 10 for England with the way that Eddie Jones wants to play. Who should be? Owen Farrell. If we're going to play the way that Eddie Jones wants us to play, if we were going to play a Harlequin style... With Don Brandt, hard runner inside, hard runner outside. Smith so, pulling the strings, and I know we've we've probably been down this this rabbit hole once or twice before. But if they're going to play that style, then fine, Marcus Smith, because you you give him options. If you play with Smith, it and, and Owen Farrell's going to play, right? He's he, he has to play. He's going to play. He's the captain. So that says to me that we need to play him at ten, and then find a twelve and and find a thirteen. You know, I I wouldn't I, mind seeing Northmore. You know, we could um, if Tuolangi was fit. I I think he wants to play them both. Smith only works if Tuolangi's fit. Yeah, agree, and For we've me. said we've said this a number of times. But Farrell, if Farrell's nailed on to play, then he should be nailed on to play at ten. Judge his some of his performances from his performances from Saracens this season have been exemplary. His, you know, his ability, his ability as a ten is, you know, and it's not in question. What actually is in question is probably his, his ability to play twelve and have a meaningful impact on the game, because what it tends to do is it tends to slow up our attack. Whereas if he's if he's being that pivot man at ten, actually we can have the creativity outside, or the the blunt force instrument. You're right. I'm not going to disagree with you. I think he wants to play both. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it in the in the way he sets up. In the way he sets the team up. I really depend because he definitely wants to play Tuolagi if Tuolagi can even stand up. So then, it it would be a matter of almost finding a brand new. 12 it unless you go back to Slade to a laggy 
because if he's playing that back three we've just talked about, they're going to need more than one kicker because they're going to kick a lot. Yeah, but if those back three, they're all going to kick, aren't they? You don't yeah. need the 12 or the 13 to kick. So then so then is it... You do if you tend to the bottom of a ruck. Well, is it is it then Slade? Is it then Slade? And yeah. Or you give it to Tuolangi and you go through another ruck until your 10 gets out. Yeah. Moral of the story is it's still a mess. Like all of our, like all of us with only one person on the team and yeah. you can't have to do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Any other any other rugby related stuff from you guys? Nope. Right. Nope. Let's uh let's get into some any other business then. I've no idea how long we've been going, so let's uh let's get into any other business. Phil, you've not been here for ages. Thrill me. You know what? I'm gonna really struggle because um you guys have discussed all of my any other business and all the other things that have been going on in my a- life. Any other business? <laughs> yeah. It it is basically rugby and injuries. That's my life at the moment. But uh, yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm I've run dry. Well, you might be able to help me. Well, in fact, you probably won't be with my any other business. Before I come to Ben, right? I at some point on Sunday morning, I obviously I coach rugby from from ten to eleven. Then I went to the golf club and took Samuel to a golf lesson. Then I had to drive to Birmingham and halfway through my drive to Birmingham, my leg started, my, my left leg started to feel really, really sore. And by the time I got to Birmingham, my knee had swollen up like an absolute balloon. It was red hot and my calf, my knee and the bottom of my quad was just completely swollen, like solid. And I've been bitten by, it looks so short as I've been bitten by a horse fly, right? And I, I get it. A DVT. No, I get it a lot. I and on the where I walk back through the gospel trail, and if I wear shorts or short sleeve tops in the summer, the horsefly they I've obviously got really rich blood or whatever that they like to to feast on. But I didn't even feel it. But I, I I'm still my leg is still swollen now with this fucking bite, and it's an absolute joke. I'm struggling to bend my leg, and so. My little bit of any other business is horseflies can eat a dick because that hopefully that so might swell up. You better up. hope they don't. Well, it might swell up. <laughs> yeah, and they are bastards, and they will motherfuckers. Try to dick. Motherfuckers, honestly, it was so felt like like my leg was on fire, and I know what that feels like. <laughs> From the inside out rather than the outside in this time, though. Anyway, so there you go. Horse flies. Bunch of twats. Ben. Um, the Rings of Power. Is it good or not? I don't know. I, I watch. I, I look forward to it. And I'm quite enjoying it while I watch is, it. Is this some kind of Freemasons thing? No, it's the new Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Oh, oh. No, then, no, then every, is the answer. Every now no and idea. again, I'm watching it and I just think, what the fuck were they watching this? That, yeah, yeah, literally. You're like, that bit wasn't very good. Real people don't speak like that. Um, but I am quite enjoying it, even though I think it might be rubbish. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. Ask, so ask Eddie and Matt. Yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you a two-part informed opinion. People who talk about it on the radio say it's a pile of crap. And 
Russ and I are never going to know because it's popular. <laughs> Correct. Well, is it popular if everyone's saying it's a load of crap? Well, no, because they still watch it. Like it's mm, like yeah. it's almost like it's like the um the new Game of Thrones dragon thing. Like I'm not never going to watch it. Never ever. No. Never All ever. These screws never going to use them. go in the same box as Grease and Dirty Dancing. Never going to watch them. Mate, now, now you just I don't know what you're saying now, but. That's just bad. Right. Let's get out of here. Phil, I was just reading the WhatsApp that you just sent and it was taking ages to download. I was trying to find out what it was. Um, Let's get out of here. We will be back next week. The Lensman's not here, obviously, he, but he's at the dart. So hopefully he might be back next week. Um, And then we'll go from there. And we'll have a little bit more information about a potential event for the uh, after party for the Mallover Invitational as well. So if you come in, keep your your ears peeled. Speak to you later. Go well. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.